Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Before we begin today's show, just a quick word from one of our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. July is basically over, August is about to heat up, and it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. The NBA Finals are obviously over, baseball's got all kinds of crazy trades and stuff going on, so uh, who knows what to predict for the rest of their season, and football's coming up here pretty soon. There's plenty of stuff you can bet on, like how we'll do in the Olympics, how Team USA basketball will do. Team USA Women's Soccer is always a fun one. Whatever you want to bet on, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join, and you'll receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or first pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now today's show. All right, everybody, just a quick uh, Believe in Wizards here today. Just wanted to get you some draft-related content out. Larry and I will be getting together uh, later this weekend, early next week, to get all of our thoughts out on the Russell Westbrook trade. But today, we just wanted to be able to talk about who the Wizards draft picks are, help you guys get familiar with the people that the Wizards came away with on Thursday night. So to start us off, we're going to have Richard Stamen of Mavs Draft, and he's also one of the hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard does a great job, so he's really going to get into you know what Corey Kispert and Isaiah Todd are all about. And then following them, I've got the audio included from all of their media availability sessions uh, related to the draft. So we're going to start with Tommy Shepard. That'll be the first voice you hear after Richard and I talking about Corey Kispert, followed by Wes Unsell Jr.'s thoughts on you know what Corey Kispert can do and, and fit into their offense and defense. And then we'll hear from Kispert himself, followed by Isaiah Todd's interview. So both seem like really good, likable guys. I came away really impressed and thought you guys would enjoy hearing from them directly and having all those clips here in one place. So uh, without further ado, here's our interview with Richard Stamen of Mavs Draft and the NBA Locked On Draft podcast. Okay, everybody, I'm joined now by Richard Stamen of Mavs Draft. If you haven't seen his work uh, on MavsDraft.com or checked him out on Twitter or listened to him on the, the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, you need to check him out. This is your guy to go to for Anything you want to know about any prospect, if there are people I've never heard of, this is the guy I go to and ask. Uh, Richard, thanks for joining me today. Hey, I appreciate the high praise. and Thank you for having me. I uh, just wanted to have somebody who's a little more credible than me come in here and actually talk about these two Wizards draft picks from last night. Wizards uh, took Corey Kispert of Gonzaga, 15th. He averaged almost 19 points a game, five rebounds, shot 44% from three, almost seven attempts. What do you think about the Kispert pick? I thought it was an interesting one because on one hand, 
I like it in a vacuum playing next to Bradley Beal. I thought that was a good fit, but also thought they could have gone with a little bit more upside, especially at an area of need. Well, like it is cool having Davis Bertans and Courtney Kispert on each corner. That's a pretty attractive deal to have next to Bradley Beal, but also like front court defense, I thought was so important. And they had two guys who I would have been very comfortable taking at 15 in Isaiah Jackson and Kai Jones. So I, I'm a little bit torn. Of those two, did one of them stand out to you more than the other for what the Wizards are looking for? Well, I think Isaiah Jackson is someone who is starting to, like, I, I warmed up to him a lot in the final week towards the draft, and Kai Jones, the few weeks up to the draft, I kind of cooled off on. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of a bias, but I think Isaiah Jackson is much more realistic to hit his ceiling and has a higher floor. I probably would have preferred him. So that actually is a name sort of semi-linked to the Wizards, I guess, later in the draft. He ended up going 22nd. That pick the Wizards got originally from the Lakers, but then they eventually flipped it. Just sticking with Kispert here, the Wizards were one of the worst three-point shooting teams I've ever seen last year. So I do get why they went that direction. Tommy Shepard called Corey Kispert the best shooter in the draft. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I think it's safe. It, there's really not a second place that's really close. I liked Kispert. I I thought you could get somebody with like a comparable skill set with maybe even slightly a little bit more upside, like a Joe Wieskamp later in the draft. Uh, Do you see this as kind of a reach for somebody or, or, or do you project that Kispert can be more than a shooter? Well, I had Kispert number 14 on my board. The thing that I like about him as a senior, he really opened up his game and getting to the rim and finishing at the rim, even above the rim in traffic. Sometimes that was my main thing heading into the season. I was like, okay, he shoots, but like, what if that shot isn't working? And he's gotten a lot better at just simply making the most of what's in front of him. And I think that goes a long way in the NBA. I I, I think you're going to see a lot of what he did at Gonzaga translates rather cleanly because that was an NBA offense. So I, I think he can actually offer some good cutting value he can shoot, obviously, and he can dribble a couple times behind a screen and make you pay. Like if you go slightly under or if you're late to go over, he's going to make you pay. He also seems like he attacks a closeout pretty well, more versatile a score, that I think, than, than maybe some folks give him credit for. Seemed like he finished pretty well around the rim, kind of a big, sturdy, strong guy. Wes Unsell Jr. talked about that last night and how they think, you know, they can kind of unlock more pieces of his game. Do you see the defense translating at the NBA level? Like who, I guess you always hear the adage, like you are who you guard. Who does Corey Kispert guard in the NBA? Uh, he guards the worst player on the other team. I, okay. I don't think, I don't think there's, it, I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, he could be this three and D guy. There's no chance he's a three and D. He's a three and maybe he makes a nice play on D guy. Is he at least a mild upgrade over Davis Bertans? Defensively? Oh, yes. Yes. On defense, yes. <laughs> yes. He's much more disciplined too, which helps. Uh, okay, that that at least gives some folks maybe a, a little um, you know sigh of relief uh, to hear that because I don't know that we can add too many too many negative defenders. Uh, I think the comp you hear most frequently for Kispert has been Joe Harris, and I, I do think it's at least reasonable. It's not just like the hey, these are two white guys that shoot comp. But uh, do you buy that, or is there somebody that you think he maybe more closely matches up with? So I put Joe Harris as one of the names on my on my uh, scouting report, but I actually don't think it's as true as comparison because that's, I don't know, that's a pretty specialized player. The two other guys I like a little bit more are Cam Johnson and Doug McDermott, especially McDermott and not 
not just also because another white guy, but McDermott just came off the best season of his career. Really good shooter, really came along as scoring inside the arc. He's a really good cutter, one of the best, I think actually the very best in the NBA this year, statistically speaking. And he also was able to take guys off of screens, dribble handoffs. And if Kispert can do all of that, you're getting a really good role player that teams play double digit millions to get in free agency. The McDermott one was tough for me the first time I heard somebody mention that. Actually, I think I might've read that from you first before anybody else there, but I, I saw a lot of McDermott in college and I just sort of remember him as like the low post scorer, you know, four, sometimes five, if they went really small at Creighton and, and like his, you know, his post moves. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't, Kispert can't do any of that. But when you do go watch tape from, from the Pacers last year, or, you know, any point in, in McDermott's career, you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, this, the, like the fit makes sense, I think. Yeah, I mean, McDermott really has grown into a new player. Like what he was last year is just such a different player that I think it's a high praise more than just like an average okay comp. Do you like this? I know you said that that Jackson made more sense to you, but do you like this pick overall for them given where they are, you know, the trade they made? It seems like they are doubling down on a team around Bradley Beal. And how do you feel about the fit overall? Yeah, I mean, in the short term, it's pretty good. I just don't know what the long-term fit is. Another guy I didn't even throw in there that I would like to see is for a swing for the fences in case Bradley Beal doesn't stay is Jalen Johnson. I thought he would have been a decent swing. He has probably the second best ceiling, third best ceiling in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw two of the top, I'd say the two best games actually of any prospect this season came from him. You know, he had granted one was against Coppin State, but I mean, if it was so easy, everyone would have put up 2019 five and four. And then he also had almost a five by five work against Pitt, which I don't even know the last time a five by five happened in college basketball. I doubt it's been the century. So like his ceiling is ridiculous, but to answer your question, um, I would have liked to see, you know, the reason I liked Isaiah Jackson was I think he is an immediate defensive improvement in terms of on ball because his team defense still needs work. That's where he's really raw, but the upside was there where you could play him with other bigs too. Like say Thomas Bryan is part of the future. They can work off each other. Jackson is somebody I saw as as reasonably similar to Daniel Gafford, who's become a quick fan favorite here in Washington. Is that like a reasonable comp in terms of style of play or impact? To an extent, I think the whole thing for me with Isaiah Jackson's upside being so much higher, though, is that he can put the ball on the floor, create a little bit within 15 feet. And you hope that that eventually grows and doubles to like, you know, almost 30 feet out to the three point line. When I watched the sort of like blue and white scrimmage or whatever Kentucky calls their thing in the beginning of the year, I when I saw Jackson play, like he was like grabbing and going, he was like spotting up from the corner, you know, like um, I was like, oh, is this like a Sean Marion kind of thing? Like I, I, I thought he had like, you know, he like he guarded guys on the perimeter for part of it. And uh, I, I was really intrigued and I feel like maybe it partly just role at Kentucky, but we didn't really see much of that sort of other versatility throughout the season yeah i mean that kentucky team did him no favors yeah no no shooting uh definitely doesn't help a guy that also can't shoot uh all right so later in the draft the wizards pivoted a little bit and i think went for more of an upside swing 31st they took isaiah todd of the g league ignite he's 610 forward 7-1 wingspan averaged a little over 12 points about five rebounds shot 36 percent from three which i think probably surprised some people going into it uh, what do you think about the top pick? Yeah. So kind of like I said, with what I wanted them to do at 15, they took at 31, uh, right. Is 31, mm-hmm, 31. Yeah. yeah. So they, uh, they 
got the high upside guy. You're looking at someone who has all the upside offensively that you can dream of. He can create for himself a little bit. There were flashes where he was breaking guys down one-on-one, hitting off the dribble jumpers, some step back, side steps, pull-up jumpers. He is really athletic. He has an unbelievably quick turnaround jumper, especially out of the post where it's just unguardable. And if that jump shot becomes consistent, look out. The swing skill for him is really defense. I, you really can't scout defense in the G League because defense doesn't exist. Outside of like the initial point of action on defense, it's really the only time there is defense in the G League. So I don't know what to make of him. I, I lean towards he's probably not going to be a good defender, at least early on. I know for a fact that that would be the case, but he has the physical tools to be there. Can he put it together mentally? What do you think Todd projects as? Like, is he a really, you know, athletic, light, mobile, small ball five? Is he a four? Can he play on the wing? Like, where, where do you see him kind of fitting in on a team long term? Yeah. So his role entirely depends on how that defense develops. It's just such a big swing seal because that, that could put him almost out of the league and that can make him a steal in the draft. Like the four guys that put has, as his names, none of them are great defenders. Marcus Morris is the best of the four, but Marcus Morris, I put John Collins. I feel like that's the most one-to-one that there is just being, he'll be really good in the pick and roll. He can shoot. He can kind of create in limited, very limited bursts in the NBA right now. The worst case, though, is Lowry Markinen, where he's just a shooter who doesn't add anything. And then Josh Smith, who's like, you don't know if he what his role is in winning, but like if you surround him right, it's probably a chance. Uh, is he the kind of athlete that a John Collins is? Yeah, I, he's a pretty crazy athlete at 6'10", especially. You heard a little bit about, you know, him slipping. He started really high in their high school class, but then never kind of continued to improve. My co-host Larry Hughes had seen him on you know, the youth circuit for years and thought, you know, yeah, maybe he plateaued a little bit, but it also just looked like he was kind of bored. So where's the, really the case there that is the, that in the defense, the reason why we see him drop to 31, if he does have sort of all those physical gifts, plus a reasonable amount of skill. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it does have to do with the sour taste that has been left in our mouth. He was the number one recruit as a sophomore and then junior and senior year, he just plummeted a little bit relatively. He was still a good recruit, but I think the lack of defense, knowing what he's going to do on that end is a big question mark also needs to get a little bit stronger. Um, but you can tell he's raw. I think that's really the biggest thing for him is just how raw he is. He was probably the most raw. I would actually say of the four G league guys. And that includes Kaminga, which is a hard thing. That's hard to top. Um, but I think it's just that combination of sour taste. He's raw and who knows what his defense is. It's a mystery box. So I have this sort of, one personal pet peeve, like everybody always yells, Hey, you got to draft best player available. I'm like in the thirties, how do you know what that is? And if the fit doesn't make some amount of sense, like they have guys that they'll never play over. They probably don't develop into that sort of best player available anyway. So, so Todd to me seems a little bit positionally redundant with what Rui Hachimura does for the wizards, what Kyle Kuzma could potentially do for the wizards, maybe even to an extent, Berton's like, it, does that make sense to you at all? Like, do, do you yeah. see that kind of glut of the same kind of guy? Yeah, they literally have all power forwards on that team are the same player. <laughs> you have four of the same player, which can be good. I mean, like, but do you want four of the same player? I don't know. Like, it's best to have a blend. But the, we talked about the defense here. Rui Hatchmore shown a little bit of ability in the last year, some flashes at least. Maybe he can guard on the wing a little bit. Kuzma, I think, did some of that, uh, you know, over the last year, year and a half. Bertans is kind of a lost cause defensively. 
where, where would you, if you had to guess, do you think Todd sort of fits in, uh, you know, ranks uh, among those other three guys, you know, in terms of defense? Honestly, I, is it bad that I have no idea? I think, I think he's one of the very last, I, I have no idea. I think he's near last. Okay. Yeah. That's not ideal. Um, for, for our sake, I, I hope you're wrong. No offense. Yeah. He, like you said, he's got the tools. It's, can you, you know, can you figure it all out? I did hear multiple times from multiple people that uh, Brian Shaw spoke very highly about him and his work ethic and uh, just doing the kind of quick media with him earlier today. He did seem like a, like a sharp, mature young man. Uh, so hopefully that translates. So the, the big thing in Washington in the last couple of years has been character, 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 like only taking good high character guys. Uh, do you think both Kispert and Todd fit that model from, from what you know about them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you just said speaks volumes uh, on the Isaiah Todd character front. And then, I mean, Gonzaga, there's never been a thing. I, I feel like that's really a rare place to have character concerns come out of. And there's just <laughs> nothing on Corey Kispert that would suggest that like he made strides to the same hardworking thing like that Isaiah Todd has. I give him the benefit of the doubt rather safely. The only scary moment for me during the Corey Kispert draft process was they immediately cut to him kissing his girlfriend. And there's that famous uh, meme of Jan Vesely doing the same thing. So as a oh, Wizards no. fan, that that was not particularly well received by anybody, I think. We had some PTSD there. Oh, no. Yeah, well, the good news is um, he is not picked number six and also has other skills besides uh, athleticism and rebounding. Uh, that definitely, that definitely um, makes me feel. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. not, he's not John Vesley. <laughs> At 31, were there any other guys still on the board that you would have you know, preferred to see or, or think were clear cut? Like this is just a better player still left on the board. So, I mean, yes, but no, I think you couldn't have gone wrong getting someone like Jeremiah Robinson or the very next pick. I, you know, you know where I stand on him. Mm-hmm. He's my, he's my guy. I had him 13th on my board. Absolutely massive fan of him. I thought he would have been good. Um, that really actually was pretty much it. I think it was just such a wide range that I was like, yeah, there's really no one that majorly stands out. Maybe Jared Butler, but I get why not. And then maybe JT Thor, but it's like one, it's the same swing you're taking with Isaiah Todd. Yeah, that was the player I was sort of most curious about, like how, yeah, like you said, they seem like kind of the same guy with the same projectable skill sets. Uh, the the only other one I liked, and I think he was still here if I didn't mess this up, was Miles McBride. I was pretty high yep. on him. You know, the Wizards could use one infusion of athleticism, which they still get from Todd. But somebody that would actually play like point of attack defense would be nice, especially if you just traded your you know your your point guard away and could use some other guards. But McBride also like shoots at a high level. But you know, like a Bob Huggins guy is going to come in and like be tenacious on the. Uh, did you like the potential McBride fit in Washington? I would have been a fan. Uh, him and Jared Butler, same reasons I like mm-hmm. them. You know, good defenders, good passers. Uh, obviously, Butler much better at that than the other, but uh, than McBride. But I mean, yeah, McBride being able to be such a monster on defense in every facet, and he he's I think one of the best mid range shooters in the class. Um, I think uh, I think that would be that would have been a good fit. But you can't go wrong with the upside of Isaiah Todd. The draft as a whole, anything particularly surprising to you last night or, or really threw you as a loop for, you know, as somebody who spends so much time preparing for this? Yes. Um, so I know the obvious choice is 
you know, Josh Primo. I don't have a major issue with it. I love Primo. So uh, not that one. Santi Aldama going 30, mm-hmm. though, is one of the weirdest picks I've ever seen. And then also staying on Memphis. I never thought I'd bash Memphis uh, in the draft. But, I mean, they took on two bad salaries to take Zaire Williams. Like, that's what they did. Yeah, they you better just, hope he turns into a stud if, if you they, do that. He, he cannot miss. Otherwise, that is going to be a borderline detrimental trade. Like, you downgraded your roster, too. I mean, Eric Bledsoe, I will say this, to go on a little bit of a side tangent, like, he got dealt a bad hand in New Orleans. I think he'd be much better in Memphis. Not worry about that. But Steven Adams to JV at this point is is a big gap. And, yeah, I did not like that pick. Uh, Yeah, I I was a little surprised by all that, too. The Aldama one, as somebody who has seen the competition level that uh, Loyola Maryland plays against, I was definitely a bit surprised. Uh, But he... He did look reasonably good and he did sort of pummel uh, at that, you know, at that level. So, so maybe, maybe there's something to it, but I, I agree. I thought that was a reach. Any undrafted guys that you're aware of that I know it's sort of hard to keep track of in real time here. Who's, who signed a two-way where um, that, that the wizards might, uh, it might behoove them to look into. And just for reference sake, they have signed uh, Jay Huff and Jordan Goodwin so far. And, and if you knew, if you have anything on either of those guys for fans, I think they'd love to hear about them too. So Jay Huff is really good. I know a lot more about him than Goodwin. I've seen two games of Goodwin, so not much there. But Jay Huff is a two-way guy. He can protect the rim really good length. Um, has If you look up, I uh, have a good video on it. Like it's a, it's a clip. It's not like some in-depth video. But mm-hmm. he looks like he's way out of the play, and all of a sudden he just blocks this shot. Uh, that I, I still really don't understand how. If you just type in Mavstraff Huff, like you'll see it. It'll be one of the first things. And uh, he's really good, really good shot blocker and can stretch the floor. So has that unique two-way sharpshooter. So that's really good for a center. Jordan Goodwin, he doesn't really play a modern point guard style. He, he's a big man in a point guard's body. He loves the post. He loves getting to the basket. Most of his shots were twos. Really not a good shooter. The free throw percentage never even touched 70%. Never only shot 30% once from three, which is this year. But, and, and he also got 10 rebounds a game in the last two years. Like he's a big man in a, in a guard's body. But I did hear he had some very good workouts, a lot of places, one of them being Dallas. So I was a little bit shocked he didn't sign here. We're a very pro St. Louis podcast overall. Larry's from there. Bradley Beal's from there. So having a St. Louis guy in town is, is not uh, it's not something we're opposed to. I called Jay Huff up like a broke man's Brooke Lopez. Yep. And is, yep. is that reasonable? I mean, yes, that's that's the perfect comparison. <laughs> uh, and then similarly for Goodwin, I, I thought like the most common or no, the most shared elements between his game and anybody that most people would know, I thought was like an Andre Miller. Is that? stand out to you big physical guard going to try to post people yeah. up can't really blow and buy anybody doesn't really shoot it but plays with good pace um no yeah he, andre miller's fine i mean he, it's probably his best comparison is probably a guy that played like one game in the nba because i'd be very shocked if goodwin actually makes it got it okay this is a, a training camp fill out the summer league yeah. kind of guy all right tell folks where we can find you again and what now that the draft's over do you get to take a break or do you start with 2022 what's coming content wise good question i don't know uh, i want to take a break but every time I, i'm like all right that's it i'm on a break and then i'm like you know it'd be great let's watch like some film about like a third division three uh, you know <laughs> no but uh i'm doing locked on nba draft every tuesday still um probably just going to be focusing on 
just maybe player profiles of some 2022 returners. I know really nothing about high school. Uh, just to be perfectly blunt, I see the highlights and that's it. And uh, yep. And then just kind of taking a break a little bit, focusing on free agent, probably going back to the NBA side. I like it. There's probably plenty of movement with all these guys and, and where they uh, end up and who gets cut from what summer, or, you know, who, who leaves what summer league team to sign a training camp invite with what other guy. I, I think that's probably a, a pretty good niche for people too. Cause like, it's just too hard to keep track of, you know, the guys that are like 80 to 200 in sort of draft land. Yep. So I, I know, you know, those guys better than most. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. All right, Richard, thank you very much uh, for everybody. Again, it's at Mavs draft on Twitter, mavdraft.com, and then go to locked on NBA draft podcast. And Richard is every Tuesday with uh, also, you know, friend of the show, Raphael Barlow does another day of the week as well. So check both those guys out. All right. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Richard Stamen of, of MavsDraft.com and Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. So there's a couple different hosts, but uh, Richard is a Tuesday host, does a really good job. And like I said, now uh, we'll be pivoting just to some interviews from media availability after the draft. So the next voices you'll hear here will be Tommy Shepard, Wes Unseld, Corey Kispert, and Isaiah Todd, pretty much in order uh, with a couple interviewers, uh, asking some questions in there. So you might hear me ask a silly question or two throughout. So, I uh, hope you enjoy. If you have any more questions about player prospect breakdown, any of that stuff, let us know. And, and we'll try to hit it in this upcoming week, especially, uh, there's probably another turnaround podcast here pretty quick where we'll get to the, the Russell Westbrook stuff. There's a lot to unpack there. So stick with us, rate review, subscribe, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, now to Tommy Shepard. We can jump right to questions. Obviously, we just had the 15th pick. We took Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. I heard from Rui immediately from Japan. He's very pleased. Bradley loves shooting. Uh, we're really excited. It's a tremendous addition. I think he's going to make us very proud. If you have a question, please raise your hand. Fred. Hey, Tommy. Um, how, how did you guys come to the selection and, and what were your dealings like with, uh, with Kispert just leading up to tonight? Uh, we, we were with him what, three, four days ago and, uh, he just had a great workout, but the workouts only kind of go to validate what you already know. We knew he was the best shooter in the draft and we were really excited to get him. Didn't know where he would fall. The fact that he was there on the board at 10 start looking around, seeing what we needed to do to move up. We decided this would be a great opportunity. We'll sit still. And there he was after uh, Moses Moody went at 14. And then there, there was our guy. So it paid off for us to be patient. And we're really excited. Like I said, we think he was the best shooter in the draft. Our shooting games next year will be pretty fun with him and Bradley and Davies Bertans. They're going to be something to watch. Not for money, though. Chase. Uh, yeah, Tommy, um, you mentioned his shooting. How do you kind of see him developing as a shooter in terms of um, getting open, you know, off, off the dribble, off screens and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think if you watch his game, he, he's someone that is in perpetual motion. He knows how to get open. He knows how to create space. You know, the gravity shooters, they know what to do. Uh, there's no issue with him. He knows what his job is. Tremendous knockdown shooter. Kareem? Hey, Tommy, congratulations on getting your guy. Um, 
I just wanted to ask, you know, obviously we're talking a lot about his shooting and that's what he's known for, but I'm curious, what else do you like about him? What else does he bring to the table um, that really attracted you guys to him? Well, he's very proficient on the defensive end. He's a fantastic team player, great, great individual, a leader, somebody that Gonzaga, you know, he helped lead them to the national championship game. Uh, his he just had a stellar collegiate career. He's very mature. And we think when you put teams together, the way that we see the future of the NBA, I've mentioned this several times, I think you're going to see more threes than less. And he's somebody that really makes us comfortable that we can reach our goal of increasing our free throw, our three-point shooting. Is it, and just one follow-up, is there something that you like about um, a guy who's been there for four years and is a little bit older? And, you know, yesterday you were kind of talking about you could go with a prospect or somebody that's older and that could come in right away. Is there something attractive about the fact that he's older and can step in right away? And certainly that helps. He's very mature. We don't have to wait very long. But again, we were looking for the very best talent. His elite superpower is shooting. And that's something we were really attracted to. Uh, but certainly the maturity piece helps a lot, too. Thank you. That's all the time we have. Oh, D.A., last question. Uh, Tommy, one of the things that uh, people said about Kispert was he was able to play with other players. I wonder how much that factored in. He was able to play with other kind of top level players like Suggs and, and yeah. uh, Timmy last year. And I wonder how much that factored in. I think it's certainly when, when you're looking and a team in the, that has two players just, you know, in the top 15, that's an amazing collegiate team. They, like you said, they have other players there being able to play off of each other. I think he's what we would call DA a blend player. And it's perfect for us with just more talent at that position, certainly. And it's somebody that's capable of stepping out and really helping us right away. Thank you, Tommy. All right. Hey, hey, Wes, congratulations on getting your guy. Thank you. Just want to, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, what most, obviously, you know, he's a shooter. I'm assuming that's what most attracted you to him, but um, can you give us your perspective of what really made him your guy and also, you know, as someone who's known for working and developing young guys, um, how do you see him from that perspective? Well, you know, he's got a discernible NBA skill and his ability to stretch the defense, um, you know, shoot the ball with range. He shot over 44% from three this senior year. Um, you couple that with a guy who's, uh, you know, played for four years at a great program. He's been well coached. Uh, he's a high character, high IQ guy. So all of that wrapped in one is extremely exciting. You know, I think that adds value to this roster. Um, you know, he's going to help us spatially. And I think there's there's more layers to this kid. Uh, he can play off the bounce. I think he's a better athlete than given credit for. Uh, and even, even a better defender. Um, you know, and that's an area that's been my concentration. But, uh, you know, you got to score in this league to win. Thank you. Neil. Hey, Coach Neil Law, Hoop District. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How involved? How involved were you with Tommy in this draft process? Was it obviously you were coming kind of late in the game, but did you just give input? Did he reach out to you? What was that process like? Oh, you know, the last couple of days, Tommy's been great. I mean, him and his staff are over prepared, and I, you know, it's a credit to him um, how they've organized this draft, prioritized the needs, um, and they just went down the list. You know, and I think it's important when. Um, you get the collective group together and you, you decide what the, what's most important for your, for your team and you stick with that. Um, so I was, I was well-informed, but uh, you know, Tommy's 
um, he made the pick, and you know I'm extremely excited. Thank you, Kellen. Hey, coach. Um, in your introductory press conference, you talked a lot about wanting the team to improve defense. Mm -hmm. uh, what's what do you see from uh, Corey's deep, deep on his defensive side? What do you see for him there? He's got good size, and I think that gives you the uh, ability to do different things. His versatility, um, he's strong body. I think he can keep guys in front. You know, obviously, we're going to have to work with the nuanced techniques with all young players, and I think that's that's nothing unique uh, to Corey. It's just nature of the league. Um, but I think he's got a willingness to learn. Um, he's got a physicality, so I think he he brings some something to the table. I think that's all we have time for. Thank you, Wes. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Welcome to Washington. Thank you. Um, Quickie, you know, two things kind of, what was that moment like hearing your name called and finding out you were coming? And second of all, what were the conversations that you've had with Tommy and Wes about how you'll fit in with this team and, and, and what they expect from you and what you expect from yourself? Yeah, I mean, that was that little, you know, two or so minutes from the time my name got called when I shook uh, Commissioner Silver's hands was is a highlight of my life. Um, I feel still feel like my heart rate's dropping, um, numb from head to toe, uh, and I loved every minute of it. So that was really cool, and I'll remember it forever. Um, and as far as just talking with um, the guys in the front office over there, um, you know, they just thought it'd be a perfect, perfect compliment to, you know, a ball dominant, you know, ball dominant guard like Brad and, um, you know, I can play off of him. I can move the furniture around and set pieces up for Brad to, to score and make plays. And, um, you know, and I'm much more than just a three-point shooter, too, so I can make plays on my own when I get the ball and that shot's taken away. It's perfect. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Chase? Uh, yes, Corey. Uh, where do, what do you kind of hope to develop in your, your offensive game as you move forward uh, and, and you take the next step in your career? Yeah, I mean, I can. I want to continue to, you know, be able to make plays off the dribble and, and grow that package in my game. Um, you know, obviously, I'm known for being a shooter, so uh, you know, defenses are going to react accordingly, and I got to make them pay for that. And then, you know, I, I really do believe that I can be one of the best shooters in the world. So, um, continue to work on my jump shot, groove it, and uh, continue to work my way back off the line. Yeah. Hey, Corey, um, you played with a bunch of really highly regarded players at Gonzaga over, over your career. And I just wonder how playing with other star players kind of maybe helps you prepare for this level as well. Well, I mean, Rui Hachimura is a case in point, right? I mean, he was a star player at Gonzaga. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of my first two years learning to play, you know, behind guys like that, how to play with a guy like Rui or play with somebody similar to a, a game like his. So um, spent a lot of time working on it. And I'm going to definitely, you know, harken back to my experience uh, doing it for, for the years to come. Thanks. Fred. Hey, Corey, good to see you again. Thank you. Tommy, Tommy Shepard said to us in a press conference a few minutes ago that uh, one of the things that uh, they liked about you was he, he feels like you're ready to contribute right away. Um, is that something you you feel about yourself and, and what are you most confident in your game, not necessarily for down the line, but if you had to step on a court today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, that's part of why um, I felt like I needed to go back to school 
last year was I, I wanted to be at a place where I could come into the NBA and contribute right away. So I feel like I'm there right now. I feel like I can step on a floor and do that for, for Washington right away. Um, and then just, just the shooting will, will keep, will get me on the floor for sure. Um, being able to stretch the floor and space it um, and, you know, attack defenses from behind the arc uh, is going to be, you know, my, my first, you know, impact in the league for sure. Ben. Hey, Corey, welcome to DC. Uh, you just worked out, I think, five days ago or so in Washington. What were your impressions, I guess, um, after meeting with, I don't know if you met with Coach or Tommy, but I guess what were your impressions following that workout? I met with Tommy, I met with Mr. Shepard, and, uh, you know, I loved it. I really liked Washington. It was my first time ever being in DC. Um, loved the city. Uh, I mean, I loved staying where I stayed in that area. Uh, and and uh, Tommy was just, was, um, very complimentary of me and my game, and I had a great time visiting with them and the staff. So I had a good workout. Um, I enjoyed my time there. So, you know, check, check, check. Neil. Hey, Corey, nice to meet you. Welcome to D.C. In During that workout, did you ever get a sense that, oh, this team really likes me, I could be a really good fit with them? And did that ever go in the back of your mind, or were you as just caught off guard as anything? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, uh, they, they, they were gracious enough to tell me that to my face. I mean, they thought Tommy that Shepard thought I was a great fit for Washington and told me that on my visit. I mean, he didn't guarantee me anything. He didn't tell me, you know, what was going to happen tonight. But, um, you know, I had a great visit. I had a great time um, and really enjoyed myself uh, while I was in the building. And real quick, have you uh, sent Rui any text yet or anything? No, I mean, I don't have my phone. Uh, I left it at the table. Uh, I want to be present here, but uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, talking with Rui a lot over the next couple of days. Thanks. Congrats again. Thank you. Matt. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Corey. Um, Mark Fuse obviously coached a, a lot of uh, future NBA forwards over the last couple of years. Any special advice he gave you to, to get ready for this process? I just said, be yourself. Um, you know, all the time that I spent with coach over the last four years, has kind of groomed me into becoming uh, ready for this moment. And, uh, you know, he didn't want me to change a thing. So, um, you know, a lot of credit goes to him for helping me become the player that I am. Cool. Thanks. Congrats. Penny. Hey, Corey. Congrats. Um, Tell us a little bit more about your relationship with uh, Rui and what do you think it could contribute to the team right away? Um... Yeah, I you know Rui and I are really good friends. Um, I spent two years with him in Spokane um, and he was always very gracious and nice to me, even when he left and um, started playing for the Wizards. So um, we're still good friends today. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing with him and actually step on, step on the floor again with him. Um, what a fierce competitor and a fierce athlete, a guy that I can't wait to play with. Um, and I think we're going to, you know, that chemistry that we, you know, built over the two years at Gonzaga, you're going to see that kind of pick up where we left off uh, as soon as I get to Washington. Thank you. Good luck. Alif. Hey, Corey, congratulations. Um, New head coach Wes Unsell, he mentioned that defense was a big part of the philosophy moving forward. How are you going to contribute on that side of the ball? Uh, what are your strengths when it comes to the defensive side? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have a lot of experience on the defensive end playing four years in college. I'm getting used to defensive schemes. I know where to be. Um, I understand offensive spacing. Uh, I'm going to continue to grow and improve as a you know, on-ball defender. 
Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really smart off the ball. I know exactly where I need to be. Um, I can make the plays doing that. So, I mean, I'm a really solid defender. Um, and I've worked a ton on it over the last, you know, a couple of years, couple of months. So I expect good things from me on defense as well. All right, we'll go last. Chase, you good? All right, I think so. All right, Corey, appreciate your time, man. Congrats. It comes back full circle. Me moving twice since I left Baltimore and now being back here, um, you know, 30 minutes away. And I know you interviewed with them at the Combine and then, of course, had a workout. Um, did you get the sense when in your interactions with them that they really liked you and that this was uh, a likelihood? Um, you know, from my workout, I felt like, uh, you know, the Wizards had a special connection with me. Um, and it just made me that more excited. I, I told my mom and I told everybody before the draft that I felt like, you know, that's what my heart was. Um, and it came true. So. Kareem. Hey, hey, Isaiah, congratulations and welcome. I want to ask about um, just the, the decision to go the G League route. You, you know, I'm curious how you felt that played out this last year, how it um, helped your development, what you thought about the decision overall. Uh, I feel like, you know, the Ignite team was perfect for a guy like me and the guys that chose to go this route. Um, we all bet on ourselves. We had no idea, you know, the first couple of weeks uh, what was in store. We had no idea if it was going to be a season, uh, but we were just intrigued um, to learn from the basketball minds uh, that they had there on the staff. And, uh, you know, we felt like, you know, learning from the NBA's backyard directly would put us ahead of the guys that may have been going to college or whatever other route they chose to go. And, and just one more for me. Um, I'm just curious with your conversations with the Wizards. You know, you said you felt there there was a connection and 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 all that. I'm curious. Have you guys kind of talked about role or or what they kind of see you, how they want to use you, what they kind of expect from you? Um, you know, as a young guy just coming in, man, I want to learn as much as possible early, find my niche so I can get some time on the court. You know, and keep doing the things that I did well last season for the Ignite team. Cool, cool. Thank you. Appreciate you. EA. Isaiah, welcome back, man. Thank you. Um, hey, I, I was curious, how, how did you hook up with uh, Rashid and, and what did you what did you do with him while, while you were working out with him, when you were working out with him? Uh, are you talking about Rashid Hazard or Rashid Wallace? Oh, well, Rashid Wallace. But yeah, you can talk about Rashid Hazard, too. Yeah. But let's start with, with uh, Rashid Wallace. Um. Rasheed, uh, Rasheed was staying in Durham, I believe, and I was staying in Raleigh. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of just met him through the basketball world. Uh, I don't remember how we met, but, you know, talking to him and learning from him was also, you know, something that intrigued me. Um, and, you know, we did some work in the summertime before he went and had his coaching job uh, for his high school. Um, mm -hmm. And working with him was amazing, man. He told me a lot, you know, that I could learn from. He was, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Um and I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss uh, uh, Rashid Hazard, but you all, did you you also work with Michael Beasley too, right? Yep, uh, yeah. I worked with Michael Beasley, you know, pretty much the last two summers, uh, not including this summer. Uh, but you know, playing against him every day is like iron shopping in iron, man. Like he's one of the best yeah. one on one players I've ever seen play, ever. Yeah. 
what did what what did you learn about defense guarding somebody that good? Um, he really makes you keep your hands to yourself. Um, he really knows how to use you know your body against you. Um, and when I'm playing against him, it feels like chess, not checkers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Hey, Isaiah, this is Aaron Beard with the AP. I'm based in North Carolina, actually in Raleigh. Um, I wanted to ask you just to follow up on the G League question. Um, obviously, the playing on the court with elite talent, guys that are developing like you is one thing to help your game. But the G League Ignite team had talked about financial literacy courses, things outside of basketball. Could you describe a little bit about what those things were you were doing off the court as part of that program? Off the court, you know, we had resources there for us. Um, at any time, you know, pretty much anything that deals with having a professional basketball life. Um, they taught us how to, you know, from handling money all the way to saying no to family members, um, all the way to living on our own and, you know, what to fuel our bodies. Um, because as young guys that, you know, just graduated high school, not only do we have to learn how to become professional basketball players, but we had to learn how to become young men. And then to follow up, did, how much did you follow what Michigan was doing? And did you have times where you imagined, you know, what it might have been like to play the college game or were you focused so much on what you were doing you didn't think about it? Uh, I'm still a Michigan man. Uh, I committed to the school, man. I always dreamed of going to Michigan, man, you know, ever since I committed. Uh, and I stayed, you know, I kept tabs with them. Uh, I rooted for them all the way through the NCAA tournament. And i say, you know, if I could redo it all, you know, I'd still go the same route. But, you know, after those 15 games, you know, watching the NCAA season, of course, as a competitor and as a basketball player, you wish you were still playing. Matt? Uh, congrats, Isaiah. I host the Believe in Wizards podcast with former wizard Larry Hughes. Uh, and Larry said about a month ago on our show that he thought you were going to be the steal of the draft. Do you feel like people were sleeping on you during this process? Um, as a competitor, man, I love to say as a competitor because, you know, everybody's, everybody's uh, destiny and everybody's process is different. Um, and I'm not one to hate on anybody else's process. But as a competitor, I feel like, you know, I belong, you know, just as just as high as anybody else in this draft. Um, and I'm using that as motivation going into the season and going into my career. Good luck. Thanks. Chase. Uh, yeah, Isaiah, you shot the ball well from three in the G League bubble. Um, I'm just wondering, how would you kind of describe your development as a shooter and, and kind of where that fits into your game? Um. You know, I'm real meticulous about my shot. Uh, I feel like I'm making great strides, you know, as the years go on. And, you know, of course, that's going to become more and more of a focus, you know, just come, becoming that deadly shooter. Um, and I think it'll help open up everything else for my game. Yeah, you had another one? Okay. Uh, Aaron? Isaiah, one more question about the G League development you, you made. How much of a value was it in playing against older guys that are in the G League or having those veteran guys on your team as opposed to maybe what you would have been playing in college where it's everybody your age and it's a very different experience? Uh, I say it pushes you 
to make less mistakes. It pushes you to cut down on those mental lapses, whereas though, you know, you play college and high school basketball, you can have uh, a few more mental lapses and mistakes um, and still, you know, have a great game and still pull it off. Whether, you know, you started or whether you're coming off the bench in high school, but, you know, in this next level, you can't really make too many mistakes. You can't have too many mental lapses because the guys you're playing against are older, smarter, and stronger. And they capitalize on everything that they can. Brooks. Hi, Isaiah. Uh, Brooks Warren from uh, the Sports Post. Nice to meet you, man. Um, I was just curious just about you. You grew up in parts of uh, Baltimore and, and you went everywhere else around the country. But um, I was just curious about the development that you got here in the city of Baltimore and the people that impacted you the most growing up here basketball-wise as a man-wise and just the impact that the city had on you growing up? Um, I mean, there was a lot of guys, man. I was like the village boy, but if I had to, you know, pinpoint two guys that really stand out to me in my life, uh, i say Gerald Stokes and Eugene Ayers. Uh, they were two guys, you know, Eugene was picking me up every day and taking me to practice because I didn't have a ride. Um, I didn't have transportation to the gym and he was coming to pick me up every day to go uh, see Gerald Stokes, who had everybody from Muggsy Bowes to Carmelo Anthony and Will Barton. And uh, just a quick follow up also, um, Coach Wes Unseld, he's obviously from, from Baltimore as well. Uh, I was just curious if you guys have had any link or any conversations just about growing up in the area and uh, just what that means for you to be able to have a coach like that and also growing up in the area as well. I'm sorry, can you re-say the first part? Coach Wes Unsell is also from Baltimore, and I know there's there might be a link there. Um, just what does it mean for you to have a coach from here and then also growing up here? Um, I'm glad to see everybody from the city, you know, doing something great in life. Um, because, you know, whether we know it or not, we're the leaders of the community back home. Um, we're the guys that the kids are looking up to um, they may dream of playing basketball. They may dream of just getting out of the city. Um, and that means a lot to me. That touches home. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you, Isaiah. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, have a good weekend, and we'll be in touch next weekend. Thank you. All right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.